Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. this point um you know Deion sanders has accepted a, a head coaching role at colorado uh after being with jackson state was it two years was it two three seasons three seasons i think he came in in 2020 so three seasons um you know but essentially two years uh with the school and you know a lot of people are upset about it you know they felt like they have been betrayed. They felt like they have been misled that Deion Sanders actually came in advising, Hey, like I'm here to change the perception of HBCUs. I'm here to, you know, bring us back or maybe not bring us back, but just bring us to a level of competitiveness uh, that we expect from, you know, uh, mainly black college because, you know, a lot of the best college athletes in America are black. So, why are they not coming to these schools and things like that? I'm here to change that perception. You know, we know the funding problems that they ran into, uh, and that's historically been a case for HBCUs. You know, he tried to – not he tried. He made some things happen, got a new locker room, um, you know, new practice fields, uh, donated parts of his salary, which was not high, um, you know, to reinvest back into the school. Um, essentially became an ambassador for not only Jackson State, but just for HBCU athletics in general. Um, he not swag, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, niggas, <laughs> you know I mean, we know about that situation <laughs> where it was asked if he who is swag. You know what I'm saying? If he is not swag uh, just for I mean, just a few weeks later, a few weeks later. Um, leading Jackson State to an undefeated season and SWAC championship, but then ultimately taking the role with Colorado. And people are split. You know, you got some side saying, look, he did his job. Like, you know, what you want this nigga to do? They putting, they giving him the bag. It's not even, like, it's not even a comparable bag. You got to take it. Boom. Then you got other niggas. I mean, even Dr. Umar was just on Breakfast Club going the fuck off. I mean, this nigga was going off. I might play that clip. He was going <laughs> off on Deion Sanders, just saying, no, I'm not. Y'all niggas giving him a pass. No. The reason I'm so personally disappointed in Dion is I thought he was there for a movement, not for money. Meaning, Dion Sanders, the coach of Jackson State, I foresaw a situation where Dion would hire other coaches, other retired black NFL greats, to coach other HBCUs. In doing so, you attract our top tier, 
high school athletes to come to maybe, HBCU. Maybe. Stay with me. Eddie George Foot, is at Tennessee stay State. with me. Stay with me. Football and back. You know like I know, if you got top-tier NFL greats coaching HBCUs, the athletes are coming maybe. just like they was coming for Dion. He showed you, Charlie. Dion, though. He showed Dr. you. And his other one's Dion just one as great. one of the most famous people ever. And his other one's just as great. So listen. Eddie George at Tennessee State. That's one person. We're talking about a system, not an individual. So, Dion and these other coaches bring all these athletes from high school to play football, basketball, so forth. The revenue of the HBCU goes up, Envy. As a result of the revenue going up, Charlemagne, the school's got more money. They don't have to subject themselves to closure. They don't have to subject themselves to being dependent on white money. You got HBCUs at risk of being closed. I read something that said almost a half of them, a half, may not survive the decade. So this was bigger than football. This was about the survival of the HBCU. It's bigger than especially, Dion, though, Dr. Umar. No, yes, no, it is. I think no. We, stop trying to stop trying to no. You're bl- stop trying to give celebrities no, a pass, no, Charlemagne. No, you're blaming an individual. I'm not instead blaming of talking him. About the issue. I'm blaming black men for not being men. But you know what? That, I'm blaming us listen, for not being men. That was an unmanly can, can, move. Can you admit one thing? Dion could have went down uh, in history, are H, brother. Are HBCUs chronically underfunded. Of course. Were they chronically underfunded before Dion? Yes. Yes. Were they be chronically underfunded after Dion? Yes. Absolutely. What are those reasons that they're chronically underfunded? We don't Because we as black men have not come together to create the funding source to make sure they survive. I don't want to hear about the government. We have too no, many that, wealthy that, blacks. That's one. Y'all exactly. interview them every I, I, day. Listen, I'm with you. So so you got you got low uh don low donor low donor low alumni donors, okay. right? Okay. Low endowments. Correct. That's a us problem. He part of us. Why you keep exempting celebrities? They're not better than us. He's one person. Okay, but the point is that one man could have been a catalyst for a movement that would have revolutionized the what, survival but, of HBCUs. But why, why does the movement stop just because he left? HBCUs going to still be here. You're missing the point. No. HBCU's the abolition wasn't here. just about Frederick Douglass. But if Frederick Douglass would have pulled out, it would have hurt it. The Underground Railroad wasn't just about Harriet. But if she would have pulled out... It would have failed. So what was the, the civil HBCU rights movement, movement wasn't just Dion. about King. Before Dion three years ago, what was they the They were struggling, movement? and he could have helped save it. And for him to pull out of Jackson State the way that he did it before making sure the HBCU system survived, to me, was selfish. He chose money over the movement, Charlemagne, and celebrities do it all the time, and y'all want to give him a pass. Nobody get that's no some, pass. That's, that's I don't care who Dion Sanders is. Here we are. So, you know, I kind of want to get y'all thoughts on... You know, first of all, is Dion a quote unquote sellout? Like, is he a sellout? Is he wrong for going to Colorado? Um, Should he feel more of an obligation to stay kind of based on some of the things that he quote unquote sold to the black community? Absolutely not. Like, I don't. And I'll say that I'll say that my perspective um, when I heard the initial announcement was somebody who was kind of like taken off guard. I was just like, damn, Colorado. Like, damn. Cause in my mind, I knew I he because he said it. It's not like he hit it. He said, "I'm going to entertain Power Five offers. Like I have to." And I, you know, to me in my mind, I think I had uh, romanticized that idea to mean you know top jobs. Like if he leaves, it's gonna be for you know one of those jobs that we just know people are are you know an LSU job, a Auburn job, a Florida State job, yeah, a, you know, even Virginia Tech, like some something like just kinda you know just a more the you know schools that people just really revere as football schools. Not even, you know, like I said, Virginia Tech, maybe even like a program that isn't dominant, but it's just somebody that's just always around, you know, like even something like that. But 
I, Colorado, I, you know, when I initially heard it, it kind of caught me off guard. But the more, you know, not to the, like, he a sellout point. I was just kind of like, damn, I wasn't expecting it. Like, I'm somebody who wanted to go to a game, but in my mind, I just thought we had, you know, years before this would even be, like, a thing. So, I, mm-hmm. I that was my initial perspective. But, I mean, as the stories have developed and the, it's went on and I, like, can kind of get a better idea of what he's trying to do, I just don't, I don't understand what, first off, I don't understand what you can ask him to do other than time, other than just saying, like, we just want you to keep this going. Because, I mean, in addition to all the great things that Alex already named, he also got a TV deal. And he didn't get, like, some Jackson State, like, oh, you follow us around TV deal. He got the swag on TV every every weekend they are available to watch nationwide, bro. And it's like, you know, that's a big deal. And that shit don't go away just because I'm gone. And, like, you know, I've brought you know, they say millions of dollars worth of value to Jackson, Mississippi. Like, come on, bro. Like, it ain't for me to just carry this by myself because at the same time, he's human and he's got goals. I'm going to keep it a buck. Shadur is good, but I don't know if Shadur is going to get the, like, you walk in, you are the starter type of treatment at, at most power five schools. And it's like, bro, he's saying he wants to change and he's, he is like, my kid's going to get that that uh, Manning nepotism, like, where you just, you it's yours to, to lose. Like, he wants to do that. He is trying to create a coaching tree. So you can't have your niggas, or not your niggas, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say that. Your, your staff, you can't have your staff playing HBCU ball, taking, you know, non-competitive salaries because y'all don't have the budget. Even if Dion can eat that shit, everybody can't eat that shit. So eventually it's like, yeah, I got to get these guys to move up so my coordinators can go get head coaching jobs. And I, and, and there can be a Deion Sanders coaching tree, bro. Like, that shit would be amazing. And, I mean, bro, that's real, bro. At the same time, he got real people around him. He dominated that 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 um, conference. He showed that we can – elite kids can come to HBCUs and still shine bright. You, can, you don't have to – like, this is an option for you. And I've seen it, bro. I've seen – the top guard in, in Nashville committed to TSU early. And it's like, that's crazy, bro. This kid got offers from LSU. And it's like, bro, like, that shit changed. Like, he helped change this shit. He's allowed to be an individual, bro. He's allowed to be somebody. Like, he didn't have to do this shit. He didn't owe us this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he easily could have took a much easier route. I know he could have. But he's like, I want to do this shit my way. And he going to a school like Colorado who desperate ain't going to let him do his shit his way. And I feel that. Like, I can build something anywhere. If you truly believe in yourself, like, nigga, I'm the I'm what's going to make this work. Like, that nigga's going to go to Colorado and make that shit cool. Boulder, Colorado. He finna have that shit lit. That shit's dope. That shit is dope to me, bro. Mm. I agree. <clears throat> I'll start off by saying, you know, I went to a predominantly white institution. Um, I know based upon uh, what what the folks on Twitter have said, you know, we don't get to comment nope. on this, apparently. We, we should just shut this shit down right uh, now. That we should just be, you know, shutting the fuck up. And, you know, if that is your opinion, I fully understand this. But what I am, though, is an avid watcher of college football. I understand the business of college football as well and what, a lot of the backlash that I have seen has been 
One, it's Deion Sanders. I remember on this podcast when it was announced that Deion Sanders was going, I was like, you know, we're going to have to see how it work out. <laughs> because if it's one thing that we know, since we have been introduced to Deion Sanders as one of the greatest athletes of all time, we know that Deion Sanders is about Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Prime means me. I am prime time TV. Whether I'm on the field, on the sidelines, it don't matter. You came to see me. Jackson State had to understand that when they gave him the keys and said, do what you will, Coach Prime was going to do it Coach Prime way. And it worked. He came in and he said, we want to fill this stadium. Right? That was one of the promises. He said, we're going to fill this stadium. 58,000 people. He did it. 2021 homecoming. Then did it again like two weeks later. Not a homecoming game. He said that when I came to Jackson, we had 99 players go to the NFL. Under my leadership, we're going to get to 100. He got to 100. <laughs> like you said, when he got to Jackson State, the practice facilities were subpar, practice field. I don't know if it's hyperbole, but from what I heard, the practice field wasn't even a field. Non-existent. You get what I'm saying? So he came in and got sponsorships. I know a lot of people been upset. They was upset about the Under Armour sponsorship, but he got with Under Armour and said, Under Armour, I need y'all. If y'all want me, I need y'all to come through. They gave him a new Locker room, new facilities. And like you said, he brought money because people, like Blake said, people who have no ties to Jackson State were going to try to come see a game just because of what was going on there, like the energy. And people are correct in saying that JSU fans travel. They fans have always been great fans. But when we talking about fandom pre-prime and fandom while prime was there, it's not even close. And anytime you work out a deal for the entire conference to be on national television every week, not just you, not just your school, but the entire conference, I remember growing up and wanting to see some of these HBCUs play and having to flip through channel after channel after channel to even try to see it. Now I can turn on ESPN <laughs> and see a SWAT game. You, you like when we talking impact? What he said he was coming to do, he did. The other thing we have to understand is this is a business. So I know a lot of folks was upset about, think about these these players who he went to their houses and he recruited them and said, hey, come to Jackson State. You know what? When you decide that you want to play collegiate sports, you have to understand that the coach is not going to likely stay there your entire tenure, period. Whether the coach is in control or the coach is not in control. Like, that's just what it is. Imagine you were getting recruited by LSU when LSU won the national championship. 
And then two years later, it's a whole nother nigga in there as head coach. Like, mm-hmm. what, you don't hear people being upset about that or the promises that somebody made to them and then they had to come back on it. Like, coaching is about product. What are you putting out there on that field? Can you lead these men and women towards a common goal? What he did was, and I've listened to a whole lot of Bamani Jones, Right, because he's had some great takes on this on both sides. From one set, Deion Sanders was not going to go anywhere else and be able to get the keys to an entire school, basically, to say, I'm going to do what I will with this football program. He was not going to go anywhere else and get the keys to a program. That is what JSU provided him. He does, in my opinion, owe city of jackson and jsu a huge thank you number one he needs to show his appreciation for the city the fans and the school but also he needs to do something that will ensure that what he did as far as him coming and making that commitment to their school is a show of good faith that he will continue to support the school whether he is there it don't necessarily have to be monetarily or whatever the case, but his footprints need to be left there because of what they gave him the opportunity to do and what he was able to accomplish. Now, when we move on to Colorado, Colorado is a program that has been in downturn for the last couple of years, but they have been a school that has shown we will take chances on black coaches. Last two coaches, black coaches. You see what I'm saying? This is a Power 5, Pac-12, probably soon to be Pac-10 school. No other Power 5 school is going to give a three-year head coach who has only coached in the SWAC an opportunity. LSU not. Auburn is not. Because they had the opportunity. They had the opportunity. They not they they not giving him that opportunity because you know what? The second year that Dion came in and was coaching in the SWAC, they made it to the championship. They lost, right? And then he came back this year, went undefeated, won the SWAC. Realistically, there is a gap in the talent and in the facilities to continue to mold that talent in the swag in a power five conference. That's why the money is different. You know what I'm saying? So realistically, as a head coach, Dion has not faced the type of scrutiny or the type of pressure if he loses like he is going to experience at Colorado. That's just point blank period. Because he ain't got to go up against a Heisman finalist. He ain't had to do that shit. He ain't had to scheme against a Heisman finalist. He ain't had to scheme against the Oregon Ducks. He ain't had to scheme against an Oregon State team. Like, this is new. And I think as much great coaching and assistant coaching as he has, like, you can see his impact. People are leaving these other schools niggas. 
who have worked their way up at these schools are leaving because they believe in what he's going to be able to do with Colorado. I would be completely surprised if Colorado goes 500 next season. Because turning around a Power 5 school is less about getting in better talent and more about getting in the right talent with the right systems and the right scheme. When you do SWAC, he brought in four-star, five-star talent that was going to listen to him, and he had that system. It's a difference when you fighting four- and five-star talent with straight five-star talent. You did what I'm saying? Like, it's not it's not going to be the same. And I don't know if y'all been watching that transfer portal, but it's been jumping. Niggas is wanting to come to Colorado. Yeah. Now, for the first time, he's going to have to deal with egos, probably a lot similar to his ego as a player, right, <clears throat> with these five-star recruits. Coming to a power five uh, school <clears throat> because you getting Mr. Footballs, right, from across the country. You getting people who they've been ranked. They was at they was on Alabama's radar. They had committed to all like you getting these people who oh I am him at my position. And then you also gonna have to understand that. He's not going to be able to field the whole team with transfer portal kids. So the message that you send to the Colorado players there, which is the message that he sent, like, hey, I'm bringing my baggage with me. If you don't like it, transfer portal is open. That sounds cool when you have something like a popping-ass school culture that you can sell. Like Jackson State, part of the selling there is – I can go get these four or five star black recruits and I can sell them on the black experience, the HBCU experience, and we're going to have fun together, turning all this shit up everywhere we go. That is what we're going to do. You going to Boulder, Colorado. What is your selling point besides you coming to, you coming to play for Coach Prime and we have an opportunity to do something special? I can go do something special at the University of Miami. Because they on the downturn, too. They trying to make a comeback. Like, what else are you going to sell them? That's the other thing. Like, we don't know as much as Coach Prime's impact as who he is. We know he'll be able to recruit just by name, right? But how do you maintain that when shit ain't going the way that it was supposed to? Like, it's not very many people who can take their first coaching job, make it to a championship their second year, and win that championship their third year. It's not a lot of people that can do that. That's just number one. Like, we just got to call a spade a spade. Now, you're going to take this same thing, and to Blake's point, like, his son put up Kobe-like numbers in the swag. I don't know that he can do that in the Pac-12. Is it possible? Yeah. It's possible. But I just watched the nigga who finna probably win the Heisman tonight. Almost, well, basically, 
do everything that he could to keep his team in the college football playoff, and they lost in the Pac-12 championship. You do what I'm saying? Like, this is this is the level of competition that we are seeing. And to this point, it has it's not comparable. So we got to be able to see what this is going to be. And then the last point, it's like, okay, the money is just outrageous. Like, as a person who, this is your profession. If Deion says, hey, I want to be a coach. I want to create that Deion Sanders coaching tree. You cannot stay at a Jackson State for the amount of time necessary for you to leave real, 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 like, culture-changing impact because that's not the way the college football works anymore. Not if you're trying to move up. Not if you're trying to get to these big schools. And Dr. Umar's point is probably, well, why can't Jackson State be that big school? Well, Jackson State being that big school would require, A, more funding. Because niggas can say what they want to about supporting black and making these HBCUs into the power schools. But realistically, when we talking NIL money opportunity for these kids, when we talking exposure for these kids, when we talking these kids wanting to make it to the NFL, the NFL is going to always ask these questions because we've seen it. Even the super successful HBCU players who make it to the league, the question that always comes when they coming out or they about to get drafted is, who have they played? Who have we seen this person play against? Are you a hawk amongst doves or are you an eagle amongst hawks? That's how they're looking at it. And from an HBCU standpoint, the funding is not there. So if niggas is mad that Deion Sanders is leaving three hundred thousand for five million, you gotta ask yourself: the financial disconnect exists. So the outward view of the position itself is also gonna exist. Now, hopefully, what Deion has done is spark something to some of these other players, the Ed Reeds of the world to say, hey, this can work. We put the right teams around people. We put the right coaching staffs. We put the right developmental folks. We can go into these schools and into the HBCU pipeline and become assistant coaches. Learn. Figure out what it is that we can do to have lasting impacts. Because, see, the difference here is a lot of these SWAC coaches They've been they've been coaching in the SWAC for years. That's number one. You know what I mean? Like these is oh, I, I've been here. That's where the, the he not SWAC conversations come from. Like, nigga, I've been here. I've been in the trenches. I've been recruiting. I've been doing these things. This nigga come in for three years and think he running shit. Because Dion approached all of this shit the same way that these power five schools approach it. Nigga said, I'm gonna leave. What the, the coach for USC said, I'm going to leave Oklahoma where I have I have created three Heisman quarterbacks. I'm going to leave Oklahoma. I'm going to go to USC. <laughs> Niggas wasn't mad. Niggas was like, I mean, hey, it's USC. I mean, he left Oklahoma, but I mean, it's USC. Come on, dog. I ain't seen niggas be this mad about a coach leaving since Lane Kiffin left Tennessee. Boy. Well, this one person. 
you know, this this one is personal, you know, to the black community, you know, so it's not just your typical coach leaving. And I just think based on all the stuff that he said coming into the role and while being in the role is like niggas just feel like, okay, this is an extremely selfish move, you know, and, um, you know, you but talk about that. I mean, because people talk about the money and it's like niggas is like, yo, Dion, like, you know, we know that this is an opportunity for money, but it's like you're literally accepting the money over making, you know, like truly making an impact on like the whole trajectory of our conference. You know what I mean? Which which you told us you was trying to do. You know, you made it kind of clear that was kind of one of your goals and you were called by God. Would a TV deal not do that? I mean, not not to the extent of him leaving. Like him leaving is going to hurt. Like it's not like there's no there's there's no like oh he leaves, but now we have a good path forward. Like no, this this is going to hurt. Like there's some pros for his time there, and I agree the TV deal is big, but it's not the TV deal is not like the reason why niggas wasn't getting drafted. The TV deal is not the reason why uh, the top athletes in the country were saying mm, I'm I'm not even considering swack. Like it's more than the TV deal. You know, it's it's so being respected. Those, do you think those recruits were? I'm just asking the question. I'm not. Yeah, of, of course. Do man. you think those Do you think those recruits were coming to JSU because JSU had Coach Prime? He had. I'm not gonna sit up here and act like I'm a I'm a swack aficionado, <laughs> but if you come in and you basically give. You basically provide new facilities. Yeah. I would assume that if you have new facilities in the SWAC, you probably have, at the very least, the top three facilities within the conference, if it's brand new, right? Sure. So, Dion not taking the facilities with him. No. He not taking the Under Armour sponsorship with him. He not taking the, he not taking the TV deal with him. The based upon his contract, the money that he was given back is money that's gonna go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So what you losing is what you knew you were getting, and you knew from the jump you had a chance to lose. When he said very clearly, "I am going to entertain Power Five jobs," it wasn't like he like said that in the back room and was like, "Man, look, if they come calling, goddamn it." No, he said it in front of everybody. If Power Five jobs come calling, I am going to entertain them. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I, don't, I don't see how that changes. It's like, okay, like, okay, nigga, you let us know recently that, you know, you would entertain the possibility of leaving. I mean, I can understand niggas having a problem with that statement, which, you know, kind of bring us back to the, you know, the the reason for this conversation. Like, you know, go ahead, Blake. But I was going to say, here's the thing, like, I hate the way we do this. I hate the way we the only people that do this type of shit. You don't ever hear white people about this shit because this shit don't make sense. It's thousands, literally thousands, celebrities included of people online upset with this man for doing this shit. But look, Prime ain't, ain't he ain't no billionaire. He like all these other niggas would be glorifying. He ain't Dr. Umar who been talking about this shit for a decade about what he gonna do. Prime said he was gonna do that shit. He did that shit. And the only reason that you can be mad and 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 feel away is because you are upset that he is leaving. That is what it is. You're upset. But he said he's doing what he was going to do and he did it. He's made a change. 
And you know that change to be real because where they're going to be at now is significantly greater than where they were when he came. And you may view that as an L right now, but that gap is huge. Like you are like you're viewing it as a failure now, but that's only because of the context of you thought you were going to be able to keep doing this for 20 years and, and, and you could ride just prime. No, I gave you the facilities. I gave you, you now have the top tier facility um, of your level of football. And maybe just maybe the nigga who actually got up and actually did this shit has a plan. He said in his first conference, I have my recommendation of who should be the coach when I leave. So maybe he has been grooming a nigga for this. And maybe just maybe he's going to take his resources and keep fucking with JSU. When I go out on these recruiting visits, I go out there, I see three, five stars, I need them. But these two, four stars, it's probably going to go be some like bullshit at, 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 at Auburn. I could probably come in and help sell them on JSU and tell them, you know, if you turn up down there, we can talk transferring and shit. Maybe he is that type of nigga and he has this shit thought out. And I feel like he had earned a chance to just be like, hey, let's see what he do. Because he, he ain't walking through there and all of a sudden we hear and he and he hiring all these Shanahan's and shit like that. Bro, he be having like, bro, watch them behind the scenes. Like, bro, them niggas be in Carhartt. Like, these is like, bro, he, is, he has been everything that he said he's going to be. And he ain't never came and said, he said, I'm trying to change football. Y'all think racism is just the the issues between the HBCUs and PWIs? No, we can go up to Power 5 and deal with the racism there and try and change what that looks like. And we can go to the pro leagues and try and have, like, another... Like, Tomlin out there fighting for his life, trying to be the only black coach that really has some, like, tenure and, like, you know, as soon as you have a bad season, we like, he can just do what he want to do. That's the only nigga, bro. The rest of them black coaches is like, all right, fuck up if you want to. We on thin ice. And another part of the reason why the Colorado job, like, Colorado has a history of hiring black coaches. Colorado needs a coach right now. They are picking a coach who coached in the HBCU conference, right? Like, sometimes you have to look at this shit from the perspective of this is his opportunity. (laughs) He's coming off of a championship. My nigga is, you know who's in these commercials with Nick Saban, arguably the greatest college football coach of all time? It ain't none of his SEC co- uh, counterparts. It ain't none of his Pac-12 counterparts. It ain't none of his Big Ten counterparts. It is Deion Sanders, former coach of JSU, in them Aflac commercials. Right. Opposite, the greatest college football coach that we have seen. So when we talking stock, right? When we talking eyes, who you think that gave more eyes to? Cause it's people who only knew Dion as a player. So when you got Nick Saban talking about coach prime, when you got, at the beginning of this past college football season, when you got Nick Saban commenting on, well, we not getting some of the recruits that we thought we was going to get because, you know, Dion down there, he can give them all NIL money. When you have the premier program in college football, not for the last five years, not for the last, they damn near on like a 15-year run in Alabama. 
And he's commenting on, well, we lost out on some of these players because of what Dion's down there doing at Jackson State University at a Alabama press conference to the point that Dion had to comment on it. Because he like, nah, that ain't what we doing. I'm just out here doing better than y'all at, at all of this other shit. Come on, dog. Like, come on. Yeah, they, yeah but now that's gone. That's, that's my point. That's gone now. So now, now Saban, Saban ain't got to worry about JSU no more. He ain't got to worry about no SWAC team no more. He might got to worry about he Colorado. Never, he ain't got to worry. He never had to worry about JSU or Colorado to begin with. That is the point. The point is Nick Saban. <laughs> The reason why Nick Saban said what he said is because Nick Saban knows in this current climate of college football and the coaching carousel, what Dion was doing at JSU had never been seen before. Mm-hmm. Ever. Right? So right. let's think about this. What is the level of sustainability if he continues to do this, right? You already got people in the swag telling you he not swag, he cheating, he doing all this Man, that was shit. one nigga. And he was just salty. It don't matter. All it <laughs> takes is one, right? Because now that he's leaving, everybody who was saying that that was just one nigga, now you got everybody saying, well, that nigga was right. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's it don't matter what it is that you do. What matters is what you don't do that people expected you to do. And realistically, the expectation was Dion was going to stay there for five, six years, and they was going to go on this crazy-ass run, and they thought he was going to change the trajectory of college football. And realistically, when you talk about the landscape of college football, that's not how it works. Dion was going to – he maybe had two or three more recruiting seasons of getting some of these top players – to come there and then niggas was gonna be like, well, I mean, it ain't no really, it ain't, it ain't no sense in going to JSU because I mean, they got all them, they got all them good players and they beating the shit out of everybody. So, am I gonna get seen? What's the benefit of me going there? Because again, what you are selling is I am Coach Prime, and that is the difference. Like, in order for you to have real change in a conference. It has to be something that, A, is sustainable beyond you and something that can be spread across the conference. Y'all can't, can y'all name me any other HBCU football coach? No. no oh, Eddie George. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my nigga said, oh, Eddie George. Now, we talking, these are people whose names that I, who I would know, right? But when you look in the trajectory and the history of these coaches, it, there are legendary coaches in the swag. Legendary. I'm talking about impact, culturally impact at their school, impact on the game of college football. But you know what? Y'all don't know them niggas' names. And you know what? If we don't know their names, you think these high schoolers know their names? No. You know who they know? Eddie George and Coach Prime. So what happens if Eddie George leaves? What happens if what now that Coach Prime leaves? The sustainability has to be the impact you have while you are there. Because the culture has not changed yet. Anywhere else, 
anywhere else, any other conference, niggas is like, I mean, you made that jump. Like if if UTC coach leaves UTC and go to a power five school, that nigga's leaving UTC to go to a power five school because he probably ran it up at UTC. They got a couple SoCon championships. Couple of niggas got put in the league. Them Power Five schools gonna come calling, right? Thanks. All right. I mean, this ain't look, no man. Different. look, man. These these are my closing statements. First of all, you know, I think that. Uh, I mean, you make a good point. I mean, y'all points are good. I'm just really trying to be the advocate for people who are upset with Prom. It's like, okay, like he got every right to leave. He made an impact. I do personally feel like his impact could be even larger had he stayed a few more years. I think just niggas felt like, okay, we know you ain't going to stay at JSU forever, but we did expect you to be here longer than three years just based on the vibes you was given, you know, and, you know, these initial talks, you know, going back to him speaking with recruits, it's like, you know, he was able to get these top recruits, but he's going to these top recruits saying, hey, if you decide to come with us, like you get a chance to be a part of like making history. You get a chance to be a part of being the catalyst for what we're trying to do in the swag and uh, amongst HBCUs in terms of bringing top recruits here. Like you get to join us on this crusade just for like a year later to be like, Hey, you know, actually what I was trying to per- like persuade you not to do, like do what's going to be best for you and your career and for your money. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm finna actually take that route, you know, and you know, a lot of niggas who are now firstly committed to JSU are saying, you know what, prom gone, so nigga, I'm gone. You know, and when I see that, I'm just like, damn, like looking at the future while they're, he's leaving it in a better spot. I agree with you, leaving it in a better spot than he left it, which, you know, for anybody, that should always be your goal, that it should be better than you left. So, you know, that is a huge, that's a win. Like, I don't think we should look at this as a straight L. This is a win on that front. It's just niggas had an expectation of, hey, shit, if prom stay. And them niggas be competitive going back to that TV deal. Not only are we on ESPN, damn, maybe we get some prime time position on ESPN. You know, that may inspire some other prominent NFL, uh, you know, former NFL players or people who we respect in the football community to come to other SWAC teams. Because they say, shit, prom getting the top recruits, he getting TV time. What more could you want? And he uplifting the black community. What more could you want? Now you got more people joining swag. Now you got swag becoming something legitimate. Now you got our strength of schedule increasing. Like, you know, it's just a catalyst. And then I feel like he started it. Him leaving is going to stop it a little bit. It could still move forward. He not the only nigga with money who could actually donate and make an impact. All it takes is another nigga like prom to come to a HBCU school and we could get back like the train could just restart again like it it can happen niggas is just like damn like this we just thought we was gonna get a little bit further <laughs> like all we got was a couple years of some top recruits we, we on TV that's great but you know we just thought we was really finna like like you said Nate like really finna impact college football in a extreme way but you know that's gonna get cut short and that's fine I mean you know but see, I just I just view that completely different. And I, I guess, but I will agree that's what happened. But I guess mm-hmm. the difference is just the framing and the viewing viewings of that. But yeah. I just think it's unfair. I think he I think he delivered on what he said he was gonna do because I think he did all those things you just said. And I think that, yeah. you know, people just did, it didn't look like what people were expecting based on how he worded yeah. it. 
But he also, I think, played some shit close to the chest. I did not think about Shadur. Like, I never thought about, like, the fact that he's like, shit, I'm trying to get my kids to the league, bro. Like, and it's like, damn, that shit matter. And I didn't think about his staff. That shit matter, bro. Like, it's like, bro, this shit real factors. And then, you know, niggas, a lot of niggas, we, we, black people, a lot of black people, we talk on social media and we say these things, but it's like, I don't know if, if you know, I grew up in, in North Nashville. So in North Nashville alone, we have four HBCUs between TSU, Meharry, uh, Fisk, and uh, American Baptist College, just all right in North Nashville. So I'm familiar with HBCU life. Like, I can go on all of these campuses, and, like, if you just say the main buildings, I know how to get to all of them. You know why that happens? Because new buildings just don't pop up on HBCUs like that, bro. I'm being, I'm keeping it a book. It don't happen. Like, so to just add facilities like this and, and bro, I remember in college, like going to see, I ain't going to shit on those schools, but going to see like prominent HBCUs playing. And I'm like, these Russell athletic jerseys look like worse than my high school jerseys. Like I've mm-hmm. seen that shit, bro. And so to come in in two or three years and give a conference, not just JSU, specifically a conference, a shot you know, in the arm of like, all right, here's 10 or 15 years of evolution in two or three years. Like, I know niggas maybe feel like, you know, he was supposed to be a lifetime guy, give him a decade, have, you know, enough content for a 30 for 30. Like, I understand that, bro. But to me, that nigga gave y'all a lot, bro. He gave y'all a lot. And he didn't owe y'all that, bro. Like, he did not owe us that. Like, and like, and like, um, I think it was Nick said, it was a mutually beneficial situation like of course he needed somewhere that was gonna let him do his thing so i mean yeah but he also created a path for a lot of people to try and do something similar so i don't know i just i have a hard time being mad at it i just want him to do right by the city of jackson jsu and what does that mean took a chance on him well for me what that means is you owe them like they won the championship and my nigga didn't even do like Press afterwards. There's he not been like a public. If you win a championship and you don't come to the podium, like Blake, come on, dog. Like you go out there, you win a championship, right? The opposing team coach goes to the podium, talks about the game like it's a normal game, and then you like, nah, we gonna send our players two, two, three miles down the road. And we're going to have a team meeting. I'm not even going to address the media. Then I'm immediately going to get on a plane and head to Boulder. Like, I just feel like when when Coach Prime got there, they rolled out the red carpet, right? It was rose petals at his feet. He came in, said he was sent by God to do the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. He came in. He did everything that he said he was going to do. But how you leave matters and i think some of the outrage is warranted because you can't just be like yeah i'm gonna take this other job like he was rushing the trophy like you just won the championship that's, and you rushing the trophy to come out so that you can that's very come dangerous, on dog. Like, that's very dangerous to like we, i'm just we assuming just saying, a lot there because like yeah. this nigga been a class is, act bro he been a class act yeah, he don't deserve the there. grace he don't deserve the grace of saying, yeah, uh, we don't know what was going on. What I, what I can say is how much time has passed 
since he won the championship and since he accepted the role of Colorado. We also don't know what's going on behind the scenes, though. We Again. also don't know what's happening, like what's driving that. And Again. to be real, you have to do that because I know you feel like they're going to struggle, but Pac-12 with USC and UCLA gone, I think I think he could turn – I think Colorado could be in a ball game next year. And you don't have to sit out no more? Mm-mm. All I'm saying is Jackson State, <laughs> the city of Jackson, deserve a public, hey, I am grateful for my time here. Mm. It can be a damn tweet. But it's like part of the reason why I feel like there's such vitriol around him leaving is one, he leaving, and he was a huge part of what was going on. But two, like, he ain't said shit. Like, he ain't said shit about the city. He ain't said shit about the university. He ain't said shit about, you know, I enjoyed my time here. I'm glad what we built. Like, and I again, like, I get y'all's point saying, like, you know, we they aren't owed that. But in my opinion, when somebody gives you that opportunity that you have now taken and did what you were supposed to do, did everything you said you was going to do, and now you're going on the greener pastures in such a public way, I think you you do owe these people to say, hey, I'm appreciative of the opportunity. I understand that I am standing on the shoulders of the people who gave me this opportunity, and I have now been able to turn it into something else. The impact that he had on the city of Jackson... I think the city of Jackson deserves to be told, hey, thank you for embracing me. Thank you for embracing my family, embracing everything that goes on. Because you got to think about this, right? There is a level of circus that goes with celebrity that you have to be prepared for. I don't think the city of Jackson, I don't think JSU had experienced that before. And there were times where this city and this school showed up when Dion quietly didn't know what was going to happen. When college game day showed up, there were confirmed reports that this nigga was shaking in his boots because he was like, "Look, I don't, I don't know if the people gonna show up. I don't know if they gonna be on that. I don't know if they gonna be on time. I don't know how the how the guys is gonna respond to this pressure." And you know what? They went out there and responded the same way you would expect them to. They went out there and did what they were supposed to do. I just feel like a lot of this pushback is because when we see other when we see other coaches leave certain places, there is a sense of gratitude and thank you for where they were leaving from. It doesn't feel like JSU, the city of Jackson, or the HBCU conference, the SWAC in general, has felt that from him. And, like, calling the spade a spade, they gave him this opportunity. But, but okay. Nate, like you just said, that nigga brought college game day to JSU. But I feel you. I feel you. But hear me out. This is all I'm saying. I'm not saying I, I disagree. Like, I do think that sense of gratitude should be there. But I also am, like, I also understand that there's a possibility. This is, of course, just hypothetical. This isn't anything I read anywhere. But what if he reached out to the athletic director and chancellor like, hey, I want to set up a press conference. I do think I'm going to take this Colorado job and I want to do my farewell to Jackson. What if one of them niggas got on the phone and was just like, well, fuck you. 
You're a bitch. You disloyal for leaving. You a coon. I don't fuck with you. This is what all these niggas really think about you. And I shit on you and berate you on the phone for a few minutes. What if that happened? This is what they think about you. But you know what I'm saying? Like, what if that happened? Yeah, and he's this is just what like, they think about you. He just After like, the look, game, nigga, just go. Cause when we he's wanna, just like, you look, know. I don't want no mess. I'm going to go talk to my boys. I'm going to let them know what it is with me. Because you know who was hugging and crying on the sideline? His team. They wasn't no, no, like, fuck him. Like, that wasn't the energy that I saw. Now, maybe a season removed from the situation, shit might not be going that way. They might feel that way. But again, bro, he deserved the opportunity to be like, maybe he got a plan. Maybe he does have a plan for JSU to continue. Because to me, I have a, I have a hard time seeing if you a four-star in the Jackson or in the Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama area, if you a three-star, four-star, and you're not getting picked up by a big power five school, you can't tell me JSU ain't going to be a possibility, bro. It just is, realistically. If they come out, if they coming out and they recruiting, bro, he has changed the per, the perception of that school. Like, he has, significantly. Y'all cool with y'all church selling weed? No. I mean, I'm not, personally. I mean, just stay away from Maryland. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's like, bro, like, y'all could do a lot of stuff that, you know, may push lines, push boundaries. I'm just like, bro, this is just a little, like, come on, bro. Like, don't try to justify this. Don't try to, like, I don't, I don't want to hear you flip the scripture. Like, bro. What the church said during hard, it's hard times out here. So we only taking 5% of offering now, but we will (laughs) be having a farm. Outside of the uh, <laughs> the event hall, what's it called? The um, well, I can't think of this word. The uh, the, the the fellowship hall. Yeah, the fellowship hall. <laughs> we have a little garden out there. We will ask that you all turn a blind eye in the name of the Lord. Let me stop playing. <laughs> like for real though, like it, to me, it's just a little. Um, you know, it's. I know that there's, you know, there's pros to it. It's just, you know, I'm just not 100% comfortable with it. Like, if my church is like, yeah, like, we are, you know, in this business. I don't know. This this whole church being a business thing is already, like, that's already, like, not my favorite part of it. But then also, you know, to think that y'all taking it to another level. Like, just do your own shit, man. Don't associate it with the church, man. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Why, why is this it. a question? Is this happening? You know, I did see, I mean, Nate, you might have more information because I ain't heard nothing about an Amish, but I did see like some clip that was uh, this pastor talking about, yo, like, what if we got like, you know, these niggas off the street, like a a, a better way to get them off the street is say, hey, like, like you can come so work in the, in the, in the fields, my nigga. I mean, not like serving niggas. Bro, like, Jamal yeah. Bryant said, I'm looking for niggas who smoke weed. I'm looking for niggas <laughs> yeah, that smell like weed. Goddamn, we you know everybody else is profiting off of this, <laughs> right? And I'm just you know, hell no. <laughs> the Amish thing come from uh, <laughs> a shout out to friend of the show, Big Chris. Uh, Chris sent me a uh, he sent me a tweet where uh, basically at this uh, like farmers market. There are a group of Amish people who are selling weed. Like, they selling weed and CBD. Uh, Pre-rolls, <laughs> Delta 8. Like, it's the real deal, you know what I mean? Mm. Are, the, are the Amish racist or that's Mormons? 
Who don't like black people? I mean, oh, I guess I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know those. I two. Guess one of them don't fuck with us. I guess they may be like racist adjacent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I know they we probably go crazy because they don't even got cell phones. Right, that is so. The man said, "Yo, I know that we go crazy because they don't even have cell phones. They can't I don't even, even get the correlation. <laughs> they can't even Google how to fuck some shit up. They just put me in the ground, nigga. And you know they ground, they ground and been toiled. It's then been burned and raised, mm. nigga. That shit is probably gonna go crazy, dog. That shit pure. Imagine you got some weed from Summertown, Tennessee." I don't even know where that's at. Gonna be in the mirror looking at a billy goat. That's what you gonna be. <laughs> Atlas gonna be like, God damn. Hell no. But now nah, I don't know, man. I just I think it gets it becomes a slippery slope when you talk about the church and marijuana because it's like if your church is a progressive church and like they not selling weed, but they invest the offering. Like they invest the not the tithes, but the other offering, you know, the missionary offering, the children's choir offering. Like if they invest that into marijuana stocks, I mean, and it hit, what what we gonna do? We gonna be like, nah, we don't we don't need a new uh we don't need a new sound room because that was purchased with the devil's lettuce. Hey man. No. I wouldn't be mad at a at a church member feeling that way, man. And it's going to be something that feel that way. It's probably definitely a lot of Christians who, you know, understand that there's value. In, I mean, even your example, like value in investing in, you know, marijuana based stocks, but they don't do it for, you know, personal and beliefs and stuff like that. Bro, I feel like and I, talk- and I, I, I ain't hating on that. Go ahead. I feel like we talked about this before, too, in the black community, like our generation's view on weed and just and drugs in general is like. It's it's a privilege, you know. Like niggas seen their friends like on crack. Like people, they live through like you know some some pretty harsh drug situations. So, I mean, maybe as we get older, that I could see that becoming a possibility. I'm personally, and realistically, I'm like y'all probably should just stay away from this. But yeah, at the same time, you know, I'm sure there's a whole denomination that is like this is what we do is psychedelics and religion and stuff like so i'm sure like there's a space for it if you cool with that like if you think that would be you know a better experience from you i'm sure you can find that how i feel about it is you know whatever the lord leads you to do that's between you and the lord but you know when they brought jesus to pontius Pilate, you know what he told him i don't find no fault in him i mean that's deep that's how i feel I find no fault in them. <laughs> I mean, you know, somebody said it's from the earth and God put it here for us to enjoy. So That's between you and the uh, creator. <laughs> Take it up with man. <laughs> what, what dudes say? It's above me now. It's above me That is me above now. me. <laughs> Bro, anybody who's worked in like a like setting like that has known like them conversations and he handled their will like that's how I be when you like, oh, I'm not dealing with this, bro. Like, yeah, that's above me. I'm sorry. She called me a nigger on the phone. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. 
<laughs> Can you please just get her a room? She said, I'm sorry. No, no, you didn't sound sorry when you said, said that, ma'am. She said, I'm in stress. <laughs> Somebody died. That does not make me racist. Uh, it, when I'm tired, well, that does not normally make me racist. So. My hands are tied. It's above me. <laughs> That's too classic. But, but you called me a uh, well, fucking nigger. I need nigger. to stay here. My mother died. I understand that, but you called me a fucking I'm nigger. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. You weren't sorry when you said it on the phone. I was, listen, there was no, people screaming but at the end of the day, I a, I and the climate that we live in today's society, I, I, was sorry. I understand that, but it's, it's above me now. Can, I need a room tonight. Well, there's the best restaurant next door. No, please, let me hear. My daughter's here. I'm sorry, but... I mean, I was on the phone when you said it. I said, I'm sorry. Please, I've been in a, I've had a horrible day And I today. had a horrible time when hearing that. He won't let me in. It's, it's above me. She called me a fucking nigger. Sir, my grandma just I died. understand that, but it's above me. Let me, please let me. It's above me. Sorry. I got my the best restaurant is next door. Sir, the rest of our family I understand that, but it's above me. Please, I She said what she it. said. I understand that. I understand. She's very... It's, it's so, I know this is going to be pretty taboo. Um, I don't know how comfortable y'all are with talking about this. Whoa. But what we thought was going to happen has happened. Uh, the United States has uh, carried out a trade, um, a woge bomb, if you will, uh, where we have traded uh, the merchant of death. Mm. From the United States of America to Mother Russia. Uh, and in return, the United States of America will receive. I don't even know how tall she does she identify is uh I think she identifies as a woman. Okay. So in return, the United States will be receiving six foot nine senior. Brittany Yvette Griner in return who has been uh, jailed. She was recently at a penal colony um, in Russia. Uh, she's been there for uh, 10 months. 10 wow. months. So Brittany Griner is finally home and the merchant of death has returned to Russia right in the nick of time because they was getting their ass kicked by the Ukraine and now they got their mans back. I seen a tweet where somebody says, you know, these niggas got John Wick back. It is over for the Ukraine. And, you know, if y'all, re- I don't know if y'all didn't read anything about the Merchant of Death, but this nigga is crazy. Do y'all know how crazy you have to be to run guns for both sides of a war and both parties know that they getting their guns from you? Like you beefing with a nigga, you like, like you beefing with a nigga, you like, yeah, I'm gonna go get these. Uh, you know, Vic said he got some shit for me. Let me go pick this shit up, and you run into the ops on the way to get your guns. And he like, look, what y'all do outside of here don't got shit to do with me. But as long as we in here, I need my payment up front. Y'all guns is over there. Y'all guns is over there. Leave me the hell out of it. That is who um, Mother Russia has received back. And um, I want to know you all's thoughts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we can we do this on the count of three? Can we all just say yes or no? Whether we support 
Brittany Griner coming home. I just want to hear. It. I just want to hear it, and then we can get our our views. I'm just curious, just real quick. Can we do that? Sure. So on the count of three, say yes if you support the exchange, and no if you do not support the exchange. Count of three. One, two, three. No. Both sides. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know it's it's tough for me, Blake, because. You know, it's a black woman, man. Like, you know how I feel about black women, man. You know, we got to protect them. But when when I just try to think about, uh, you know, the political, you know, does it just make any sense at all type of aspect? Like, if we just took out the sensationalism of it being, you know, um, I want to make an important distinction, a WNBA star, like a star, which, you know, Early earlier this year, Nate had to let superstar. us know. Yeah, had to let superstar. us know just how much of a superstar Brittany Griner was. Um, but I just think it's interesting. Like even as I've been talking to people, it's like because you know the initial reaction was, "Damn, like nigga, if I was over there, like Brittany Griner would be sleeping at night, you know, <laughs> like not even worried about my ass." Uh, so why should I care about Brittany Griner? Like that's what a lot of people were saying. Um, and they say, you know, if it was LeBron over there, we would have been got that nigga out. You know what I mean? And in my brain, I'm like, shit, what if it was just a WNBA player who wasn't Brittany Griner? Like, maybe somebody who was just a little bit lesser known. Like, you know, would the impact still be the same? Like, it just seemed like kind of based on her celebrity and, you know, the impact that people around her uh, put, you know, this pressure on America to, you know, make such a seemingly one-sided transaction with Russia. Um you know, I'm I'm glad that Brittany is safe. Uh, it's unfortunate that we still got other American prisoners that are there who, you know, I, like may may have been jailed for just more unfair crimes. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's just tough because Brittany for the merchant of death. I mean, it just sounds so absurd. It sounds so absurd. So it's hard for me to even just be like, yeah, like this is great. You know, it's just, but I am glad she's home. You know, I'm I'm glad for her family and stuff like that. But I do still feel for the people who are still stuck there who, you know, just don't have the quote unquote clout of a Britney Griner to, you know, get the type of pressure to get them back. Like we got Britney back, even though some niggas going to say shit, that shit still took too long. But to me, it was appropriate timing. It wouldn't have surprised me had it took much longer. I was like, damn, we got her. We doing it because I thought we was going to drag that shit out a little bit longer. Keep saying we doing everything we can. But behind closed doors, like niggas in the White House, like, y'all, this Brittany Griner, like we cannot go get her. Like, that's what I thought was going on behind the scenes. But they actually did made it happen. So, you know, it's why. Yeah, I just don't understand. I think. I think a, an important conversation that that a lot of people ended up having when uh, Kanye was was uh, wound out was as black people. I think we do have to kind of. I think we're typically forced to pick a side of the fence. Um, I remember Barack Obama talking about this a lot too. Whereas we have been in such a shitty space in this country that there's some people who say like when I'm for black people, it's just I'm. Um, Black versus everybody. So, all y'all, if it is somebody else, fuck them. It's kind of like the Angela Rye school of thought. Like, nigga, I'm blackity black. 
fuck anything, nigga. I'm here for the black people, whatever. Black people, black people. If it ain't hurting us, that ain't my business. That ain't fuck right. that. What's the black perspective? And I mean that I respect that school of thought. And then there's also a school of thought of like, yeah, the way we treat it is fucked up because everybody should be treated well. And it's like, sometimes black people, we just don't feel like that's our business. Like, look, we ain't worried about everybody else. We worried about us. And I feel like in that regard, it's cool that Britney's back. But like, this just don't make sense. Like, objectively, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, outside of like, if I was a, a, a if I was my white counterpart, I would kind of be like, well, this is crazy, right? Like, we're really doing this? <laughs> But I mean, you know, that other side of me, that other side of the coin is like, yeah, nigga, we, we back. Like, that's lit. But right. I'm still like, yeah, I don't know. Because she was bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? And it happens. Like, I ain't saying I'm above making that same mistake. Like, I'm not, you know, condemning her. But she was wrong. And it's like, that's a shitty situation. But yeah, I don't know if we should just be handing over arms to her. Like, that's fucking crazy like damn you know i'm glad phoenix's post presence is back and that's gonna really impact the quality of life for the you know what i'm saying like what are we talking about bro like this shit not close <laughs> this shit not close like one of the least supported basketball leagues in our country wrong or right now has one of their top talents back to you know get the 6 p.m sunday spot on ESPN in the spring. Like, what are we... Like, what? Like... It's just an American Summer. version, bro. See? Summer. See? <laughs> See? I'm a basketball fan, and I don't know when them niggas play. Like, come on, bro. Like... And you don't support black women, bro. Bro, I, I love black women. I know I support no. the WBA more than you. No. I know for a fact Blake support the WNBA. Okay, he support more. he support the WNBA more than me, but he don't support black women more than me. And I think one is just a little bit more important. But we talking about a clear. black woman who plays in the WNBA. I'm okay. So now we both can me and no. Blake can both participate. That's that's so that's our joining. Look, I will begin this by saying that I am in support of her being released. Um I know there was some backlash because I think his name is Peter Whalen. Um, who is still there. They were trying to broker the deal so that both Peter and uh, Brittany could come home in a swap for uh, Victor Bout. But, you know, sometimes negotiations fall through. I mean, How? I just, How did that happen? I, just think, I think back to, you know, the landmark deal in the association this offseason where, you know... The Utah Jazz are trying to get Victor Wimanyama. And they knew that the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert pairing just wasn't going to work out for them. Like, they had seen enough. It wasn't going to work. And so, you know, they just started taking offers. And, you know, Rudy Gobert um, was sent to the Minnesota Timberwolves for half of the NBA and uh, future first-round picks. And... At the time of this deal, we knew, hey, this is going to be an awful deal for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, we knew that they got fleeced in that deal, but we knew that there was no way that the NBA could just allow Rudy Gobert to continue to be in Utah. Um, so, fast forward to uh, December, and the United States was fleeced in this swap. 
uh, these folks got quite possibly their biggest secret weapon back while they are in active war with a country who should not be beating them in the war, but is kicking their ass. And we, as allies of the country who was kicking their ass, was like, let's go and give Russia that nigga back, man. We, you know. Hey, we need BG. Need her. We need BG. BG gotta come home. It's similar to Rudy Gobert. You know, BG could not stay in Russia any longer. It was not... Not the one, it was not a, it was not a good look for the United States of America. It was not a good look for President Biden, who, you know, has an atrocious approval rating. And like we talked about before, you know, Vladimir Putin is very aware of the fact that in his country, whatever the fuck he say go, he control what go on TV, he control what these niggas. The people in Russia think they are winning the war. You can you you cannot tell people in Russia that they not kicking the Ukraine ass right now. They have no idea. But he also knows in the United States of America, everything is everything is a news story. And one of the biggest news stories that has continued has been the fact that Brittany Griner was wrongfully detained for weed vapes from the perspective of the United States of America. And her punishment was egregious based upon the crime. So there has been a strong push by very influential people to say, hey, we need Brittany Griner home. They have been working in the background trying trying to figure out, you know, different deals. And they were finally able to make one happen. Now, Peter Whalen's family came out and said, you know, we are happy that Brittany has come home. We are in full support, and we know that our government is working tirelessly to ensure that Peter can also come home. Yeah, some damn fools. You know, having Brittany Griner back, I feel like is a social step in the right direction because it was publicity that Joe Biden needed headed into Christmas. Like, let's just call spades spades. It was a win that he needed. And what it does is it says we are going to prioritize getting Americans home. The argument that a lot of people have is why in Whalen coming home? Like this nigga fought for the country. Like he is, you know, an MVP nigga in the in the armed services. Like he, he got a whole lot of weight. And you know, he been over there for a while. Like five years, I think. But from their perspective, it's like, you know, if the WNBA changed the salary structure, the assumption, whether you agree or not, is that Britney would not have had to find herself in Russia to become what they deem as a political pawn, which she was. Like, she was a political pawn. Like, let's just call it what it is. On the other hand... Peter Whalen is a, you know, he's in the armed services and he's in jail for espionage. You dig what I'm saying? So like we just we just gave them John Wick back and these niggas got die hard over there for us. Like this like that would have been 
in the eyes of a lot of people, like, a pretty even trade. Like, I also thought it was weird that this was something that we've said actively that, or the Biden administration has actively said they didn't want to do. They did not want to make this specific trade. So that was also weird because this isn't the first time that this was on the table. Right. Like this was what was previously discussed and niggas was like, nah, ain't no way we could do this. Like we going to need some more for this nigga. It can't so just be her. You, know? you told us this was a bad deal. That's why right. I was like, that's one of the issues. Right. But you know, Vin Diesel made the call, man. You know, Vin <laughs> Diesel said, look, like we not going much longer with this girl over there. And we need our own ASAP. I mean, ain't it crazy that he tweet that shit and then, like, <laughs> within the week, like, she's back. Like, to me, that's like, did that nigga know some shit? Like, come on. Like, but is that no, coincidence? Bro. She was, that that storyline was getting ready to be, that was going to be Fast and Furious uh, 12. I mm. think she's going to be in there. Fast and Furious 12 was going to be, look, the United States is sitting on their hands still. We going to go get Britney Griner back from Russia. They already did. <laughs> did, did. They didn't already shot out of out of cannons, nigga, flying cars, floating on perma ice. I mean, come on. Hey, but shout out Biden, though, man. You know, got a black woman home. I'm just I'm just gonna stay on that side for now. You know, black woman is home. <laughs> um, you know that Ukraine Russia shit ain't got nothing to do with me so far. It could get worse. <laughs> right now, it's not really affecting me. Alex, gas prices is at two twenty. Gas, Alex, me? like shit, nigga. Gas at two fifty. Fuck know, that I'm, Russian I'm gas. Premium in my shit, so I need that. Uh, <laughs> I need that low price. Alex got to start watching the Doctor Umar interviews before we record. Yeah, yeah that nigga been indoctrinated. That nigga said a black queen is coming home. That's all. you gotta say to me. I don't give a damn what the consequences are. Who they let free? The merchant of who? Look, we don't even look, know that, God brother. We glory. don't even know that, brother. <laughs> was, Alex to God be the glory. God is going to protect us. Was he killing Caucasians? I served the Prince of Peace. Look, a black <laughs> woman is home, and a black, you know, a black woman gets her black woman back. I mean, it's like you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a lot of black Love women support wins. going on. Yeah, Love wins. and you know, they they codified uh, uh, same sex marriage. Mm. So love wins twice. This is probably ignorant of me, but what was the word you used? Codify. What does that mean? Oh shit! I'm tripping. I don't. That's embarrassing. But that is not how. <laughs> that is not how I read that word in my head. That's crazy. <laughs> no, that no. How do you nah, read it? How do you read it? I mean, codify, right? I mean, that's where we. Yeah, definitely. Because that's what I always thought too. Like, I'm gonna stand with you there, Blake. Like, that's crazy. You I, so, this you nigga said codify. I'm like, nigga, we fish or you know, <laughs> Call of Duty. Like, or... when was, I thought about it, I was like, oh shit. Thank God, nigga. <laughs> um, this is one I just want to hit very quickly, very quickly. But shout out, sweetie, man. You know, like, I don't like the hate train on sweetie, you know, just because the sales was low, man. You know, everybody had low sales every once in a while. And, um, you know, I appreciate sweetie because, you know, I respect her as a rapper because I – I mean, Blake looking at me crazy, but I say that because, you know, I just respect rappers who truly like was trying to make this rap shit work. You know, this is something they want to do. They write their lyrics, you know what I'm saying? Like really making an honest effort at the rap shit, not like, you know, huge team just like creating me every step of the way. Like, 
you know, trying to use her creative directive on her music. I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, things will look up for her. So I do not. Sometimes wow. you need a team. <laughs> Sometimes you are she not do. good enough to do this shit by yourself. She do. And I don't know if y'all heard that uh, I'm an icy girl in an icy world. Clip. I loved it. I don't know. I didn't but get the hate. But that alone <laughs> What do you mean you love you know. Maybe. I loved it. I mean, <laughs> I didn't. This particular. I thought it was hard. Activity is not quite meant for you at this time. Y'all hate you me, heard man. that record and you, you immediately like, oh, I love this. I mean, I wasn't like, yo, this shit trash. I was like, okay, sweetie, like, you know, let's, you know, I'm, I'm interested verses? to hear the full thing. Did you get to the I mean, verses? I, I, I heard some of her, some of the verse in the clip, so, and you know, you when, saw her. You saw. I mean, it was her a clip, so I couldn't, I couldn't hear the full thing. That's yeah. fair, but you saw her trying to rap those words, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You saw that pocket that she was in, bro. You heard it's how a she, live you clip. Heard her how, trying to perform the song. Come on. You heard man, her like, trying. You heard how this. The sample flip sounded, you know, you know. It sounded okay to me. I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel negatively about it, personally. I had no problem with it. So, you know, I feel like um, I've had a lot of negativity on this episode. So, bro, cause you just a negative dude, man. You, just, you come on this pod week after week and just kill everybody. No, y'all <laughs> becoming like it's really like bullshit. It's really like I know this is how niggas feel when they like get certain fouls on LeBron. Like, why did I just do? Like I knew what was coming. Like I knew I was gonna get back into this corner. I'll be trying to stop you. you. No, you don't. You be the person <laughs> yes, pushing do. me into this corner. Like that's not why true. you don't think this sweetie shit is good. And then I'm like, why Bro, that's are not saying true. That? Why are we saying that's that? not true? And then you'd be like, What do you mean? What do you mean? Why wouldn't we say this? And I'm like, nigga, you know this is bad. No, let me hold on. Let me I gotta look at the clip again. So hold on. Cause I think y'all uh you know, no, it, sweetie does sweetie does things that I feel like are more, you know, in her realm of this is her bag, right? Like, you know, when she was doing the impersonation videos, she done came out with like a youth literacy program. Like she trying to help kids learn how to do finances. Like, you know, we all have our calling. And it just feels like, you know, some people, music is like a gateway to other things. Mm. So, you know what you do with gateways, right? Like, you know, you walk through the gateway and then you go on to something else. I think that's where we at with Saweetie and music because, you know, it's just tough. (laughs) It's just, it's just really... I mean, you know, when they had her on the 2K cover, that was that was when you I know. I just saw that as I was looking for the video. <laughs> like that, that was game. when I was like, you know, at this point, you just gotta respect. You gotta respect the commitment to like. It's kind of like how we view Nick Cannon. You know, when Nick Cannon make music, at this point, it's like we don't even be shitting on Nick Cannon music. It's just like you know what. I'm proud of Nick for continuing to uh, chase his dream. Sweetie ain't there yet. And, you know, I don't know that we want her to get to that point because everything on this last project was going for her. Like, you know, people supported her after the breakup. Uh, You know, there were things said about her in the media. And she was like, you know, I'm going to put it in the music. 
Yep. She put it in the music. Like rappers do. Didn't nobody hear it. Uh, niggas didn't really care. And I think that's just indicative of like, you know, sometimes you just got to know your place. You got to know your place in this industry. And that's not me saying like, because she's a woman, I'm just saying everybody has a place in this entertainment slash music industry. And once you find your place, you just got to buy your time while you have it. And I just don't necessarily know that creating music is the best use of her time. Mm. That's very I mean, you're not a Sweetie fan, man. I get it. You know, because I would have said that about Cardi the first time I heard a Cardi mixtape. I would have been like, yeah, maybe she just need to stick to whatever she was doing before because the music thing is not a a good look. Uh, and look now. That's, they saying she bigger than nigga. So. I mean, the numbers don't lie. I let you taste it. Congratulations. Hey. 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 Oh. What? Okay. I mean, first of all, the hook catch yourself. The laugh Don't tell is me. hilarious. Michelle Obama gif where she's doing the hand and you know that's what I'm feeling right now. That birth control kicking her ass. Hey, it's hard to perform. That's what happened when you eat pork rinds with uh, chocolate sauce and whipped cream on it under some macaroni and cheese. That's hate right there. Hey man, you know I personally watching the clip again. I still like I'm I'm fine with the song. I think the hook is catchy as hell and you know. I mean, I, I know she ain't supposed to be Nas with the verses. Like with the Alex, first of all, you watched the clip. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now put it on some speakers. Don't watch it. Just put it on some speakers. I mean, do the is the song out? I mean, once the song out, you know, I'm gonna immediately throw that in the rotation. So, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. I'm a icy girl in a icy world. I will say. That the common criticism on uh, Sweetie was very similar to Mulatto in the sense when they first came out, people were like, they can't make good original songs. Like, they're essentially taking these samples, and it is the overarching theme of the songs. And so the trajectory of where Lotto has went versus Sweetie has probably amplified the fact that she's still struggling to figure out her sound because she's not really Southern, so she don't really have that super Southern sound. And then she's, she hasn't leaned into that West Coast feel because I don't really think that's her, I guess. I don't know. But um, I hope she figures it out. Maybe this will be the launch pad for that. Prayers up for Sweetie. We hope you find your uh, direction. Hey, love you, Sweetie. See, you always got to take it too far, Alex. <laughs> Um, so I'm sure if you've seen, or maybe it's old at the time that you're hearing this, but your closest friends, your family, everybody has made themselves intergalactic superheroes, portraits, or they have portraits of themselves. They uh, have went back to the African roots in some of them, but everybody on the timeline has used, I'm not even familiar with the app or whatever. I just immediately knew I wasn't going to do it, um, but it's, I guess, some type of app 
that you can, I guess, submit your photos or I don't know how it works. I really don't. But I've just seen the results on the timeline, all the different um, portraits and different pictures. And they've been dope. Like, they've been really cool. Jesus, Jesus, Nate, Jesus. I can't. (laughs) But I feel like every time that I've ever, or not every time, because I've only done it a couple times. But every time that this happens, I feel like the next week we hear that it was really some Russia or Chinese (laughs) scheme to get our faces. And And then I'm always just like, wait, what? So I just leave it alone. I'm just like, y'all got it. But it was interesting to watch. No, you know, niggas always say that. I mean, the truth is they got our photos, y'all. Like, I just feel like at this point they don't need anything additional to get us locked into some database. Like, we're, I don't know, we already, they already got us, is my point. Like, they already can track us through cameras and, you know, shit like that. But it is cool. I do, you know, I mean, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll try it. But I think, the, I think the larger thing is just, first of all, just AI in general is... Very cool and has some good use, but I just feel like it's just a lot of negative use um, that could come from it as well, or negativity that can come from the use of it as well. Um, just with the whole deep fake shit. I mean, you know, I mean, I know y'all see it where niggas can now, you know, take real people's voices and, you know, essentially, you know, make them say anything, you know, and I've, I've seen it used like for people trying to be funny, like with songs and shit, but also I just think obviously there's a lot of, negative things you could use it like people could use it against you and you know now you're trying to say bro i did not say that and now a nigga got a recording of a nigga who sounds just like you saying whatever the hell they wanted to say i mean and now with and with ai they can have your face correct like we could visually sync it i mean we didn't see you know just the way niggas i mean if you just code with it you could just visually sync fake audio with fake video uh, and niggas gonna say, bro, how could you deny this ain't you, bro? This you, bro. You know, and it's just like, damn, like that's scary, like that's scary. And the more, and the more it becomes like what's going on right now to me is just making AI more mainstream. Because even before this, I don't know if y'all saw where you know it's a thing where you can type in whatever the fuck you want to type in, and AI will create the photo. You know what I mean? And I j- I just saw a video where uh, AI write a whole damn academic paper for you. You'd be like, bro, write a paper on this shit. And you know, you just see it in front of you, it creating the paper and you read it and it actually read like, you know, something that a human actually created. So, I mean, like I said, it's cool. And, you know, I think in the tech space and specifically with my job, I'm just starting to learn a little bit more about just, you know, artificial intelligence, how it interacts with data science. Uh, and even from a data perspective, you know, just, just how critical it can be like for companies who are trying to move forward, like the importance of, you know, using AI to, you know, for predictive modeling forecasts and shit like that. But, you know, this shit right here is just, you know, it can get messy. I'll say that it can get messy. And, you know, I don't know if it should just be in the hands of niggas like us. Like, I don't know. And the catfishing, I'm sure could go crazy as well. Oh yeah. You know, that's going to go crazy. It's just, I think we're at the point with technology where like realistically what is what is a reasonable cutoff? Right. Like what is a Where do we fucking stop? (laughs) Because to your point, like Blake, I had a lot of the same reservations. But then I kind of thought like what Alex said, and shout out to Keno. Keno used to tell us all the time, like, whatever you think they trying to get with these apps, trust and believe they already got it. Like, in order for you to be safe in the digital world, you have to be in the know. Like, 
you got to know how to have the VPNs, the the internal blockers, all types of stuff. Like you got to know. And most of the population don't know. Most of the population just be like, look, I changed my password when I get prompted. And if you know a little something about a VPN, you like, I use my VPN when I'm trying to, you know, go on something that I know <laughs> is a little bit unsecured. <laughs> or if I'm in public, I'm just going to go ahead and get on my VPN. Like, niggas know that. But by and large, people ain't doing that. So, like, these apps, as soon as you download it, it already got everything it need. Like, it's going to ask you for the permissions just because, like, that feels like the right thing to do. But realistically, like, we talking about internal machines and software that, like, whether you say yes, do not track or no. <laughs> I want you to track. Then motherfucker track. Hmm. Like, if it gives you the option... It's just making you feel comfortable. Like, we just want to ask you before we do this. Um, it don't really matter. Can't say what we you didn't. Say. <laughs> Can't say we didn't do it. Um, but with this AI thing, I think it's a way similar to like what we're seeing with VR, right? Like, I never thought I would see the day where we are right now in regards to VR. But think about when we was younger. All of them movies about niggas being hooked up to IVs and just in a computer chair with a VR thing on and they just living out their life in virtual reality. Like, that is real life now. Like, there are people who go to work in virtual reality. Mm -hmm. They play in virtual reality. Mm -hmm. They spend their real life money in virtual reality. And they really only come out of virtual reality to eat, sleep, shit, Fuck if you're doing that. And then they back in reality. No, they fucking and now they're away. You can, like, you see what I'm saying? So we in a place where I think, like, at some point we as a collective people have to decide, like, okay, what are the limitations on the technological development? Because you can do just about anything. Like, when, when social media first came out, niggas was like, bro, Niggas is not trying to fuck with this catfish shit. But think about this. You can now take somebody's picture, create a deep fake, make that your profile or your avatar, and then you can go into virtual reality and actually be this person in virtual reality and live out your life that way. And it's like when we start looking at the parameters of why are we doing this? And then we look at like how far we are from other shit. Like, niggas still ain't got a cure for most cancers. Niggas still ain't got a cure for AIDS that is on the market. Niggas still ain't got a cure for herpes. Niggas still ain't got a cure for Alzheimer's. Like, it's just, ba it's like these things that we know have plagued human existence in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm -hmm. And we just, we, we don't have no type, we not close we don't we don't even notice we don't get a status report like i talk when when breast cancer awareness come out we just know we wearing pink and we raising money we don't right. get no it ain't no email to come out to say hey we are like 75 percent closer to a cure we just know we spend it we send in susan g them that money 
And goddamn, they supposed to be doing research. We don't know what the hell going on. But what we do know is Facebook changed their name to Meta, and now you can't not see them damn glasses nowhere. True. So it's like, you know, it's weird to see the normality of artificial intelligence because it has been something that I feel like we is, let's say first world citizens. It's something that we have been fearful of for, I know, my entire life. Like, I when do y'all remember when iRobot dropped? And niggas was like, all right, this yeah, seems shit like scary. some shit. <laughs> this <laughs> seems like some shit a horror that movie. could actually happen. And I know you niggas is crazy. Like, I just read an article <laughs> in the New York Times where they have now found the oldest DNA that they have been able to track in permafrost in Greenland. So they have been able to track like mammoth, woolly mammoth, uh, Arctic hare, like these DNA samples that have been locked in permafrost. We now have them. And they are like a million and a half years older than the old than the previous oldest DNA that we had access to. And y'all already know niggas is niggas is cloning pigs. You can now birth babies out in like a artificial sack, not human babies. I don't I don't look I don't know if they didn't got that far, but I know that like animal testing, they already testing growing animals based upon DNA that they take from that animal. In an external set to the vitality. So, like, when we look at this crazy shit, like, my niggas ain't gonna never do no Jurassic Park, nigga. <laughs> like, at every turn, these super, what were supposed to be like fantastical, entertaining type of movies and assumptions and ideas are now very much so becoming more and more reality. And it's like, at what point do we stop? Yeah, the line is hard to find because um, we love, you know, we love moving forward you know, or at least what we consider moving forward and just seeing you know, like how far we can push it. Um, you know, until until niggas like until we really just start seeing true repercussions, I feel like it's going to keep moving forward. The the lines are. I feel like the lines are are buried because of, of our imagination. I think growing up, we thought about things like the Jetsons or even iRobot, like you just said, of like these crazy AI scenarios. But then you have shit like Black Mirror where you realize like, nah, we living in that shit. Like Elon Musk is a comic book villain, essentially. Like, you know, I don't know what type of, you know, activities he's doing in his in his private life that could be viewed as, you know, dangerous. But in terms of, like, how the villains are typically written and shit, like, what if, like, somebody just hacked into Tesla's cars just today and just, like, just started doing some shit? That shit could be dangerous. But I think we've gotten so deeply embedded in AI in a way that just seems so adjacent to normal life that we take it for granted. We don't realize that we're, like, pretty far there because the cars aren't flying you know you know or 
we don't have these crazy like we still are holding phones but we've gotten pretty deep into this shit bro like the average person looks more at their phone than they you know the person closest to them like you spend more time looking at your phone than the person whoever whoever the closest person to you is in the world so it's i mean this shit is weird it's only gonna get more weird too now now that we got the serious shit out the way uh, I did the little AI thing. The the photos is cool, but I will say the photos that niggas is sharing online are the best versions of the photos that they were provided. Cause when I looked at some of mine, I was like, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> who, what you mean? Who? Who? Like some who just look kind of crazy. So what? <laughs> who see, that's is what I this? expect. Walk, <laughs> like who the fuck is this walk me through this process you submit photos or... yes so you basically take like they say selfies but you know a real nigga like me I ain't got many selfies I just took pictures of me and just crop people out real nigga don't got selfies <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta upload like 10 to 15 photos of you and then the AI basically does these scans of your face you looking different and then it creates these images of how you would look in these different scenarios mm. um now i i was confused as hell again shout out friend of the show big chris i had to text him like what what the fuck am i supposed to do like what is going on <laughs> i don't i ain't never felt so old in my life i'm like i see everybody say download this app i didn't downloaded the app i didn't follow the instructions what I don't what the hell I'm supposed to do now? He like, hey bro, you gotta do this, this, then you gotta do this, and then you be cool. I'm like, that seemed like a lot. Too much work. But you know, alright. So I did it, got my little photos, and I'm going through, I'm like, Y'all know me. I didn't look the same pretty much my whole life. So I'm looking at these photos like, yep, that seems reasonable. That seems what? The fuck is that? <laughs> who? Who they think look like that? Was it computer was it man, hair? they're trying their best. <laughs> was it your hair? No, your hair bro. Off? No, it was. It's like my face. It's like one of these, bro. I bullshit you not. I look like a mixture of myself and currency. That's weird. <laughs> Spit it. <laughs> Hell no, nigga. You look like um. It's like an over animated version of you. It look you look yeah, like that's, you that's, was yeah, be, that's um, what it looked like. It looks like if you were a character on recess, that's what you would look like. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that that look like you is just weird. That, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you just see weird. what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's that's what I'm saying, dog. Look like NBA young boy. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm so happy we like made it into the group that at least got to see the pre. Super accessible internet face, you know what I'm saying? Like I know yeah. older people probably be like, "What? Shut the fuck up!" But it's like, no, nah, we like <laughs> we had a nice progression. Like it. we had uh, with DSL, mm-hmm. you know, we we had dial up. Like we saw that progression, maybe just for a second, but we had we saw it. Like and to just, I can't imagine just it's people who just always had an Instagram. Like like they just like that's, for real, bro. <laughs> like that's a part of life like it's kind of like second nature like 
I gotta have like a social media profile. Like you a kid in elementary school and it's like They don't you know, know a world without like, Facebook. I got a Facebook. Yeah. Right. Like everybody got Facebook. We got Instagram, you know, they growing up with TikTok, you know, just just video. Just the idea of just a video. Any video being accessible. Like you can watch it at any time that you want. Like that, you know, like like you just said, Blake, we had the opportunity to live when if I wanted to see a music video, man, I had to wait for it to come on on TV at this right. specific time. I mean, that was it, exactly. you know, or a song like it had to come on the radio or that was it. Like it was, it was we didn't even get to have ringtones for a while. We used to have to <laughs> goddamn record, record our favorite song on our CD player or the radio. Right. And then save it as a sound on the phone and then try to hack your phone. If you had an Android, you jailbreak that hoe so that you can use your recorded sound mm. as a ringtone. Niggas was paying 99 cents for ringback tones. That sounded terrible. <laughs> Bro, if a nigga had a ringback tone, I'm like, damn, hey. nigga. You call a nigga, you hear some music? Let me see <laughs> you bounce about to let me let your shoulder lean. No. Yo, take that off there when I call you. Until it don't work like that, I can only do it on, on, on one. You need to take that off. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Bro. No, I ain't taking that off. I remember when my pops first started. I remember when my, pop, when my pops first started letting us use uh, the ringtones out loud, boy. T-Pain, buy you a drink. Bro, my sister phone was going crazy. Buy you a drink. Turn that goddamn shit on silent. <laughs> Bro, you got to remember also, like, nigga, ESPN, you really watching, like, 30 minutes straight to Sports Center just to get that highlight again. Cause it's like, nigga, where else you gonna see this shit? Like, bro, you gotta wait top for Top 10 was like, for like, top 10 was important. Bro, like, gotta see that top 10. Like, I don't even know the last time I've seen a top 10. I see it, it on day. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just wild, man. So, I agree. I'm, I'm glad that we, we've seen the progression. We've seen social media from day one, you know, to now. So. I remember when you used to, could you couldn't even have an Instagram unless you had an iPhone. Yeah. And, and Instagram. Android users were like not that. allowed on there. crazy. <laughs> nigga, when Android first came, nigga, Instagram crashed. I don't know if y'all remember that. Like, everybody kept getting this error. Like, iPhone niggas was like, bro, why did we let these peasant-ass niggas into our ecosystem? With they blurry-ass pictures. Right. <laughs> niggas was upset. I was niggas, niggas posting selfies in 240p. Hey, that should still be happening is what be tripping me out. When somebody still just yeah, got I still the, don't super, understand. the super Android camera, I'm like, yeah, this bad, bro. I be feeling for <laughs> niggas, bro. I got a cousin to be posting this shit. I be like, I'm about her phone for Christmas. Man. I'm like, this ain't it. They like, look, I can't even let her go out like Because I know you we, like. We gonna start a phone fund. Bro, I know what it's like. Like, I know you spent your money in real life to look nice, and then you went to try and show people, and, like, your $3,000 outfit just, it like, it just didn't get this. You didn't set this bitch off the way you planned on it, bro. And you look great, but the photo, bro, that, how many many megapixels this is? (laughs) 
This has been another episode of the After Five Podcast. It is your boy, AC. I appreciate y'all rocking with us, listening to us week after week. We're getting close to the holiday season, so I'm just uh, sending safe travel prayers for all you all visiting your family. Uh, We're going to keep the content coming to you to finish the year and going into the new year. We don't stop. After Five is forever. Until it is not. But until then, we're going to keep it going to you. It's your boy, AC. Peace. Holla.